Hello, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of Capturing the Game, the Game Within the Cop podcast featuring me, your co-host, Desmond Jones, and my man's Brady. There is no other person, no other greater co-host than Brady. I'm telling you that right now. But today we got another great, fantastic guest. All of our guests have been great and good so far, but this one right here is one for the books. Get your pencils out, get your notebooks out, get ready. I introduce you, the coach at Amos um pigali high school and she's also the host and creator of the servant um leader and coaches bible study her name is no other than chelsea johnson muir how are you doing today chelsea hey i'm doing great any better i couldn't stand it as my grandpa would say but just so happy to be here to talk to you guys and chat it up a little bit i love what you all are doing and just honored to be here thank you so much i mean that means truly a lot coming from someone like you so we, <laughs> you know you. We, we you you like up here we just like you know on a slowly incline you know y'all get y'all gonna get there though that's the thing i right. started in that same place but watching where you all are going y'all are willing your way trust me thank you that means so much to us can you uh, go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself so that the audience can truly get to know who you are for sure. So I am Chelsea Johnson Muir. I am from Tallahassee, Florida, but I uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say I'm actually from a little small city right outside of Tallahassee, Midway, Florida. And I say that because we all know when we start out young, we want to say the big city, especially when you went to college. Mm-hmm. You want to say what you're closest to, right? But that's where my roots came from. And I'm a huge family person raised by my mom and my grandparents have been vital to me. And so just very spiritually grounded. I played college basketball, um, basketball all through my years at Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina. And then God just touched me and redirected my path to go into education and coaching. So I've been teaching and coaching and mentoring the youth for uh, 10 years now, just finished the last of the school year on Friday. So super excited about that. Um, And just really just trying to work to make this world better. I say I'm the servant leader because God called me to truly just do I'll work while it's day because when night comes, no man can work. So that's just a little bit about me. I like that, I like the background of it. So why did you um, get an education? What kind of um, sparked your interest um, with that type of stuff? For sure. So it's, it's amazing. You know how they say we make our plans and then God laughs. And so my plan growing up was to be a dentist. I loved my own dentist. I probably was one of the few children that loved to actually go to the dentist That was my path. That was my major, pre-major and undergrad, but I actually had an illness. I had a brain aneurysm. And in that time of recuperating and going through that trial, uh, Christ really, sometimes you have to lay on your back to look up, you know, and in my looking up, I recognized that I had a different calling just, you know, be around young people and help to mold the future. We can say so many negative things about them not being ready, but who's in the trenches to get them ready. And when God showed me that, I told him quickly, you save me for a reason. I won't pass go. I won't collect $200. I'll jump right into where you want me to be. So I started with coaching. And then with that in my degree, it opened a pathway and a door for me to go into education. And when I tell you, it's difficult some moments, but I wake up every morning and feel like I don't even go to work. I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah, that is that is definitely one thing that I've learned. And I'm sure everyone else has learned that you're when you try to create your own path, um, God's usually never, it's never going to work out for you in the way that you think it is. You're going to hit different uh, paths. So I, I like that. And it's kind of interesting that, that, uh, it all ended up working out for you anyway, with your degree and get into that. So that's, that's really cool. For sure, man. I've learned when you take your hand off and then let God do it, you don't have to worry about it. It just all falls into place. 
And at what point in time did you recognize like like this was God's calling in your life? And you, when did you start letting that be the path that you walk? You know, we all rebel, right? If we're being honest, we all rebel. So even when, you know, the health issues came along and trying to recuperate with that, I really just had to take a moment to reevaluate and try to figure out what it was um, that he wanted me to do. And so for each school that I applied, either I got rejected or placed on a waiting list. Okay, when it was time for me to actually go to dental school. And so in that time, just I truly did release it and just say, can you please, Lord, show me what I want to do and what you need me to do. I came back home and, you know, when you first graduate and you come back to your hometown, people want you to come out and talk to the youth. And so in that time, I did that. And, um, you know, kids have a way of sticking with you. And so it started with me just going to watch um, a team play. And at that time, it was like, will you come to our practice? And then after I came to the practice, like, well, can you come to the game? Will you come to our practice? And it became a repeat thing. And when I would go home, I wouldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about going back the next day and the next day. And there was a pure peace and joy that came from just being in the gym, listening to young people, telling them something and watching them actually do it. Cause you know, we don't always do it. And then just knowing that when they graduate, when they would say, you're the reason why I knew about this school, you're the reason why. And in that moment, it was like, God, I got you now. I get it. There was just so much peace when I made the decision that I didn't have. And that peace is priceless. Yeah, it most definitely is. Um, I have a chance to be a first year coach this year for high school students at a school I graduated from. Nice. And yeah, thank you. And I found so much joy in just going and doing that for them. Like I never thought I'd be into coaching or that that would ever be my type. Cause I was like, oh, there's no way that I can just get back and help these kids. But I've realized that it's just, there's something about it. And I'm it sure when you've done it, there's something about it that's just, it sticks with you. It does. And we have that in common, Brady. I actually am a teacher and coach at my high school and my alma mater. And so it does. It's a different drive. So when they say you don't get it, it's like, yes, I do. Let me show you how much I truly do get it. <laughs> you know, you go to your books, go to, go to the wall, but there's a deeper connection there. So I definitely get you on that. Yeah. So um, with, with all of that, so we know uh, with your right up with the brain injury that you had and that it helped grow your face stronger so how did you come to Christ? What was that um, before all of that? How did that um, lead up? For sure. So I actually grew up in the church. Um, it was just a foundation that my family, my grandparents were the chairman, mother, and deacon of the church. My mom was there every Sunday, chairman of the education department, you know, all those things. And so I grew up going to the church. One of the things I did value and love the most about my parents, my mom, and my grandparents was that my family never forced it on me. They just wanted to make sure that I was exposed. That's, that's and I think that so often, you know, that's kind of where we miss the mark. So I grew up with that foundation. And, and that's what my mom always said. When I clip you all's wings, I want you to be able to fly. And when you fly, that's really up to you. But you have the foundation. No matter if we veer from it, that foundation brings us back. And so, you know, just after I got into adulthood, it was just a part of me. And my life's trials truly did do exactly what my mom said, that when she clipped my wings and I flew, I remember that foundation to fall back on when times got hard. When I moved away for college and I was by myself, like in North Carolina and I was from Florida for the first time ever and trials came, it was that foundation that brought me through. So 
it's one thing to know Christ through somebody else. It's another thing to build that relationship on your own. And so with that, those trials that it, while we go through them, they don't feel good. Okay. They don't feel good. But what they did do is they taught me who God could be for me by myself, not for anybody else, but for Chelsea. And so the more that I learned to depend on him for myself, not because my mom said so, not because my grandparents said so, each time he came through, not some of the time, not a lot of the time, each time he came through. And the biggest stretch of my faith was learning that him coming through sometimes is not accepting or giving me what I've asked for, but giving me what I need. And so each day, my development and my relationship with him grows because of the challenges and each time he came through. Yeah, I mean, God, you put God first in everything. He's always going to come, come here. through. Come on uh, now. Don't I get me started no, not, now. This I'm not going to preach on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, you, I'm not going to preach on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to preach on Sunday. But man, the minute you put God rooted, you know, especially, you know, if the way that you you start off with God and even when you're young if you just around it you know and mm-hmm. I'm glad grateful that the way that you were brought up because uh, so many times you know religion is forced upon the child and yeah. you gotta you gotta get to know Christ for yourself and come on you gotta you gotta have you have to know why you need to know Christ and you gotta know why you know you the reason why you need to depend on them and trust on them and lean on them for everything for sure and it's Mm. yeah i'm gonna preach on a sunday we come on now look i'm all i'm always ready for it on any day of the week okay <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we gonna switch gears a little bit so what so when did you fall in love with basketball what was that moment that you picked up the, the ball for the very first time and you was like yo i love what i'm doing right now for sure so my brother um i call him my twin because we look alike honestly but he's older than me he was the only boy okay out of uh, three girls, he was the only boy and he would be outside playing. And so it started out with me just wanting to be around him. So I can remember even being early as his four and five years old, just wanted to be around him. So I would be outside and it started truly just being out there, watching him. Again, I kind of graduated a little bit to rebounding and fetching the ball. And then one day it was, you know, probably my first experience with the word opportunity. He threw me the ball and said, you shoot it this time. And it's like, okay, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, just shoot it, just try it. And in that moment, I didn't make the shot. But what he saw was that my form, he was like, wait, who taught you that? Like, there's no way. And in that moment, it was like, he, he recognized that just by watching him, I had picked up on things. And from that moment, he started teaching me. I no longer was his rebounder. I was like his protege. And I, man, every day, just would go out there practicing with him, go out there working out every single day, all day till the sun went down, we were out there and just loved it. Just never grew tired of it. And as I started getting better, I really don't think I realized how good I was. That's the thing. I, I just did it for fun. And it wasn't until I actually started competing. I think at 10, when City League starts. And it was like, I can do this thing. And so it just kind of carried me through it just when you cannot sleep because you want to wake up and do it again. When it becomes a huge part of you, I knew that that orange ball was just, it's attached to my hand. And even now when my knee's a little old, I can't play as much as I used to. (laughs) It's still a huge part of my life. And so it started back then and it's still going. Uh, That's awesome. Who was better, you or your, your, your twin? It's so funny. I would say him and then he says me and mm. real talk. Um, but of course, naturally, he 
would give it to me because I kind of kept it going. Um, yeah. Him, I got everything from him, and even down to who to watch, right? What to watch? Yeah. What we watch college and pro to my game. You know, he will watch WNBA with me. I remember being nine going on 10 years old when the WNBA started you know there was talks of it for years and I remember like is it coming is it coming and then finally WNBA came with that inaugural season I was 10 and it was like oh my gosh we watch it like Tisha Pinachero, Cheryl Swoops we were watching these people and he would show me how to implement it and so he would say me at this point I'm still gonna say him because he's gonna always be my goat that's that's awesome yeah, it is, especially uh, with you growing up watching the W from, from the roots of where it started. Yes, yes, from the ground up. I, you know, I love the W now for sure, but I think it, it holds true. I just feel like sports in the 90s, we just had an amazing privilege to be able to watch that, just to these amazing women. And mind you, now they're coming out of college, but these are women that have been playing overseas for a while. Some of them had stopped playing and you come back and play in a professional league like to that bar, set that bar, and you're, you know, already high 20s, 30. Man, come on. Legendary. Legendary. It is. <laughs> but I, I wish that, um, you know, because I'm a wife, I became a fan of the game because growing up, is just something that uh, it wasn't, first and foremost, it wasn't the spotlight, you know, yeah. so it wasn't, it wasn't. Like it wasn't really into my wife that she got me and got me kind of hooked on it. So now you see me with the gear, you see I me see you I'm watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I try to check out as many games as I can right now. There's a lot of sports that's on television and it's hard to catch up with everything. For sure. Yeah, staying staying with um, talk about the W. So, um, what what are your thoughts on um, where they're at now and then with the uh, the new jersey colorways that they just came out with recently? <laughs> I'd say I love it because I, I feel that you if you don't change and you don't grow like we're just going to stay stagnant so I love it all right because in every other professional sport all across the board like the jerseys the units as we would say right that, that they're ever changing and to be able to even give that you know I don't like how some things got first and some you know spelled names but I think it shows that we're evolving but one of the things that I love is that as many times as people think the W is trying to catch up to others, we're leading the way, you know? And I love that because I feel that just the progression of it, it, how many people are jumping on board while authentically uh, trying to be fans, learning the game, learning the players, right? But the players are so authentic and I love that. You know, they still don't feel like their platform has gotten too big that they can't speak their truth and that they can't stand up for what others believe in. You have other sports and other, you know, professional, um, you know, teams and athletes who otherwise feel that because of how high they've gone, they cannot speak their truth or stand behind certain issues. But the W is truly leading the path and leading the way um, on all fronts, not just basketball. And I love that because that's what I teach. I mean, I feel like we're athletes, but I also feel that that gives us the navigational tool to get a lot, a lot of things done. So I'm all for it. I got my jerseys. I got a little womb bait, so I can't really wear it. <laughs> the one that I originally ordered, but I definitely um, love the units and love how the W in the direction it's going. Congrats, by the way. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Of course, we'll be praying for uh, the safety of that going forward. Thank you for so sure. much. I appreciate it. Yeah. What um, What are some of your personal favorites in the W? Like any personal favorite players that you love? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it's the same. I hate to be cliche, but let's just be real. I love all of the names that anybody would. But again, I'm old school as well. So I love yeah. that Sue Bird is still playing, right? Um, mm -hmm. Simone Augustus, hats off to her. Just the amazing career that she's had and still being a part of it and now being a coach. I love Skylar Diggins, right? Love uh, Elena Deladon. I love some of the new bloods coming in, you know? I mean, come on now, just this class, I tell people all the time to have that much talent and not enough teams to spread that talent around is insane. Uh, Natasha Cloud, um, I'm a fan. It just, we would see her all day if I really went, but because I am a point guard, I am the, 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 the point guard queen. And so I find, you know, that some of my favorites, but I just can appreciate just that every single night, some of these people are still going. Of course, you got to mention Diana Sarazi. Hope she gets back on there soon. Ready for Candace Parker to get back so I can really see her contribution. Salute gets a nod from me as well. This natural PG. And I really could go on, guys. We could sit and talk about that and chum it up. But I'm a fan of so many talents in the WNBA. Those that's been in for a minute, the vets and the new bloods. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree on that because I know on numerous episodes, it's always always a conversation that brings up with the W how we want more teams. Um, yeah, there should be more. There's so much talent, as you said, that's just out there that won't have that might not have the opportunity to play because there's so, there's few uh, teams um, yeah. in there. But uh, with with the game of basketball and your uh, servant leadership and everything like that, um, where was like the line drawn that kind of flipped within your brain that you knew like, okay, this is for me. I, I'm not going to go any, I'm not going to uh, do much with basketball. Where did that kind of switch over for you? Uh, so the decision was kind of made for me with my health challenges. There were still some opportunities there. Um, but you know, you have to learn much like what you said. I was thankful that there was a line in the sand, but not only when that line in the sand was drawn for me, it was, it, there wasn't a moment where it's like, I don't know what's next. I have my college degree. I had some pathways going for me. And then again, like we talked about before, I, the light bulb went off for what he wanted me to do. So learning that to grow the game, we don't always have to be a player in it. You know, so for me, it was my contribution to the game is now to stand on the outside and to create the next generation of those names of the players that I spoke of. And so you know, it just kind of came down to, am I my best self when I'm out here? And if I can't do it 100%, if I can't go all the way, you know, you'll hear pro athletes with long, amazing careers say that all the time. I just was not at my same, my level. And when I went out there, I, I could not do the things the way that I used to. And if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. So I knew it was time to just make that transition. And what better way that if I can't play it, let me create many me's to grow the game so you know I find joy in that every day and actually got one right now that I when I watch her I just feel like you're gonna do it so yeah that would be it that's awesome uh, I'm looking forward to I'm gonna have to, we have to ping you in a couple of years to see figure out which one you're talking about for sure <laughs> yeah yeah you'll have to <laughs> 
definitely. Um, what's uh, what's the biggest advice that you can give to the youth right now? Like, what's something that they could do more of, or something that they could do less of? Because, uh, I mean, I love the youth. I try to I try to mentor like my, my nieces and nephews as much as I can. I try to mm-hmm. stay active in the community. But what's the like one thing that you can you feel as though like is the biggest thing that they need to hear right now? I would say accountability is probably the biggest thing uh, that all youth, athletes or not, need to be able to learn and hone in on. I feel that, you know, our youth, and we play a part of that. I truly do believe that. We're quick to blame the youth, but those, and I would say village members, rather that's parent, teacher, educator, coach, however, wherever you fall, I feel that we take on so much for them that we don't allow them to fail. And you guys probably can attest, Desmond Brady, that one of your biggest lessons in life came from you failing first, right? And so I feel that they have to, you know, I tell my seniors that all the time, I'm like, whose fault is that? Well, see, the teacher didn't, no, 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 no. Let's start from the beginning. It's always the teacher's fault. (laughs) You know, (laughs) well, she didn't put my grades in. Well, actually, when I look at this, your assignment was due last week. You turned it in three days later. She had to put it in because you turned it in late. So let's actually be held accountable and let's learn some responsibility. I feel that what young people can do less of is, you know, technology is great. It is. It has helped us to advance, but I also feel that it has crippled uh, so many of our young people. Put the phones down. Y'all know we were in the grass and drinking from the hose and playing outside until we could get from the hose. Let's yeah, go. we were running four <laughs> flats with no shoes on. You know, I'm not saying that they need to revert back to how we, you know, kind of made it way, our way through. But what I do know is that I grew up playing with the neighborhood boys. You know, it, there weren't many girls playing. There's maybe one or two, but it, I learned how to be tough. <laughs> I learned how to be quick, fast because I want to play. And, you know, if we can put these cell phones down some, if we can come off social media some and apply that to not just our respective sport, but actually learning to use grammar correctly as opposed to texting all the time. You know, I feel that social media has come in as a great source and a great tool, but let's teach them how to use it. Each year I give a seminar for my young ladies where somebody actually comes in to talk about social media etiquette, how it works for you and how it doesn't. But I think that if they can be accountable and if they can reduce some of that technology and actually learn some hands-on real-world experience, they'll be so much ready, more ready for you know the real world, and we can take our hands off of them, and they'll be ready to go out there. Because I mean, hey guys, they're the next generation. Are they ready when we take our hands off? Are we secure? Do we feel safe with leaving things in their hands? That's the question. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I see that. Um, so as a coach, high school high school kids, that's one thing that I see um, at these track practices and these track meets that they're always just instead of watching and cheering on their friends, sometimes they're just over in the tent or they're out with on their phones, and it's just like, okay, we put them away for a minute. It's only the Saturday morning. You're gonna be here for a couple hours. Like, take it in. For sure, you can do that in your own time afterwards. But right now, it's like. And then they miss out on those, realize later that, oh, we can't get that time back. And it's just, it's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of teaching and a lot of um, uh, learning and growing as, exactly. we've, as we've done. Um, so with on that, what inspired you to start um, the servant leader? <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's another God thing, honestly, and not even to sound cliche. That was so a God thing. 
would have asked me a year and three months ago if I would be doing this. I would say, I don't know what you're talking about. No. Um, but at the start of the pandemic, you know, we all had just question marks. This was one of the things, especially in this era, uh, where, you know, we all were in the same boat. It didn't matter our background, it didn't matter where we we're from, color, creed, beliefs. We all were in this pandemic. And for the sports world, it left us all hanging by the cliff. I can just remember paying attention to ESPN and the news and just one by one, each conference cancel, 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 cancel. And you're just sitting there waiting and checking off a checklist. And so the biggest portion is now what are we doing? Now, how do we impact our athletes or you know those that we lead every day when we're at home, when we're not able to meet or practice? And God laid it on my heart that, I often do devotions by myself um, for many facets of my life. And, you know, God laid in my heart and said, you know, do a, do a devotion that's geared towards the athletic realm. But, you know, normally it says do it by yourself or friends. He said, this time ask for friends, ask to join you. So I took to Twitter and I said, Hey guys, I'm starting this Bible plan. Who would like to join me? And so I was very surprised at the end of like the end of the day, there was 50 coaches who had signed up for that plan. And we discussed these things and, you know, told our, you know, struggles and our strengths and our ups and our downs. And then after that, back and forth messaging, uh, one of the coaches said, you know, coach, let's get on. Let's talk to each other. You know, we need some relationship. You know, we had been secluded in the house. So we got on. We started for seven days. And in those seven days, it was like, okay, we got to keep this going. Like, I know the plan ended, but the way I felt every day everyone's sentiments when they logged off of zoom every day it gave us a boost to keep going and so i told him i said as long as i keep getting yeses we will keep this thing going and here we are a year and three months in just truly tapping into where sports and where faith and endurance and servant leadership right that that's the true piece that god called us to be in the sports realm for us um is you know, on this podcast but whatever facet he called you to be in, we're called to serve. And he gave that template, right? The most, one of the most powerful entities, right? Of the Trinity, of this world. On his final, final moments, he served. He did the greatest act of service by washing the disciples' feet. He served. He didn't have to do that. And so I don't care if I'm head coach. I don't care if I'm AD. I don't care if I'm the best player in the world. If LeBron comes on the pod, whatever the case may be, you serve. And so I tell people all the time, I love watching sports, especially in, you know, the, the playoffs and the championships. Why? Because they show you all the stories. But the best part, I don't care how many you score, how many touchdown passes you throw. I love when I see them doing NFL cares. I love when I see Russell Wilson at the hospital. I love when I see, you know, LeBron creating schools and Westbrook doing the same thing. And those are the things that this basketball, football, baseball, wrestling, those are tools, navigational tools to be able to infiltrate the sports world, to bring people closer to Christ and recognize his actions through us. And so that's how the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study came about. And it is just so uplifting. It's truly a blessing. I'm still wild every day. Every call that I get on, I'm just like, and you guys probably see it. Sometimes you just take a seat back, like we're really here, you know, but it's truly a blessing. It's like I said, it's a God thing. He just used me. No, that's just 
I ain't got no words for that. Like that is so amazing <laughs> just to hear all of that. You know, you you witness God on display every day with what you mm-hmm. do, and and we're all called to serve. And you know, serving is you know it's so critical, important to our life, and you know it's something that everyone should be doing. And uh, I just I just love to hear about that. I love to hear what God is doing, you know, in your life. I know me and both me both me and, me and Brady are both you know very religious and spiritual. So we just love to be able to sit back and really talk about and hear about what God is doing in other people's lives. It's a blessing, and I think one of the the parts that truly drives on my heart is we'll sit and much like you guys y'all were watching sports kind of before we came on here that's what we do on a day-to-day basis a part of who we but you begin to see those same athletes and coaches that we watch every day right and they come on and they're sharing the same obstacle and struggle with you and what you realize and recognize is that elevation and position was given by Christ right but unifying factor is him and when we're on that call for that 45 minutes, that hour, sometimes it goes to an hour and a half, depending on how the spirit moves. But for that moment, you're not your title. Yeah. For that moment, you are simply oh, yeah. in my sister, my brother in Christ. You are working to just try to make everyone better that you're talking to that for an hour. But the blessing is those messages that come in. And you know what? Uh, when Joni Taylor came on right after she had won the SEC championship and had played, um, I played for the SEC championship against Don Staley and she came on that next um that next day I actually said she's like no and she came on and just people are wow we just watched you on the screen and she's like y'all that's God that's not me I need y'all to understand this he gives me the strength and that's what wows me every day and that evening getting a message that said you know I, I walked away from Christ but this message today just truly touched my heart pray for me because I want to come back those are the moments right there that I am completely just blown away that he would even use me to move this platform forward. Oh my goodness. How can people join in on, on that? <laughs> oh, for sure. So we are, I'm on all social media platforms. So we do them multiple ways. We do it um, live and in person. Um, and mo- most of the podcasts is typically the host and the speaker, but we open it up. If you want to come fellowship, it's, it's almost like your old school Bible study on Wednesday nights where you come and just, you know, a few you sit in. And, um, but, you know, you can email me, um, you can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and I send you the code and you are free to join. There's no limit to it. Pop in. I don't care who you are, where you are, but if you can't catch it because we're busy and the world's opening back up, it is on the podcast. We post down every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of each week um, on any podcast platform. You can catch it, the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, and it will truly bless you because it blesses me and I'm the host. <laughs> you know, I'll listen to it later because it's different. You all know this. It's different being a host and then actually being a listener. And I always go back as a listener and I catch so many other gems that I missed because I was trying to be an active listener at that moment to be able to converse. But when I can just listen and take heart, man, such a blessing. Yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. I know I've gone back, listened to um, our episodes and I just smile at moments. It's just like the things yeah. that we're so focused on asking questions and trying to just learn more about you and all our other guests we have on. But then yep. just, as you said, just listening to it just brings a whole another type of joy that I just enjoy. It's just whatever part of the day, but it's, it's awesome. This stuff is sure. stuff is nice, and as you've talked with um, like the professional athletes and stuff like that, with 
um, they're brought for that moment. I like seeing that too when they're brought on the screen and people are just they're explaining that people are like, oh, you want to do it another time? And they're like, nah, I'm just gonna do it right here. <laughs> that's just, right. It's <laughs> awesome. But um, that that kind of concludes our interview portion. Um, I know Desmond and I and you, we could just talk about all this stuff for for hours. But, oh, for um, sure. Just, and I'm just open to... anytime off air. Okay. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> we can do that. But uh, for the interview portion, that wraps it up for it. So we're going to move on to the uh, rapid fire um, portion of the podcast. So it's a game that Desmond and I um, that we like to play. We have a tally going. Um, we will show people what that tally is here soon once we <laughs> get around to that. But it's a little game we play. We ask you um, a couple questions. And so my questions for you, are you ready to um, play the rapid fire? Oh, uh, with the rapid fire, our first question that we have for you is, do you prefer oatmeal or chocolate chip cookie? Chocolate chip cookies. Okay. I, there's nothing wrong with chocolate chip cookies, but I'm an oatmeal cookie fan. I love oatmeal cookies. I do. Like, I just had to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Um, TV shows or movies? TV shows. Mm, what TV show are you watching right now? Manifest. So I'm catching Manifest. up on Manifest. Like, while I'm in the school year, it's hard to kind of, so I'm catching up on, on Manifest. But yeah. I understand. I understand. So what is, so you like to cook. What is your favorite meal uh, to cook? To cook, uh, old school. So I'm old school country girl. So some good collard greens, or turnip greens, macaroni, mm. greens, uh, neck bones, rice, and cornbread. My favorite cornbread. Y'all can't see my shirt right now. My my shirt. This is my Sunday shirt. It says "God bless cornbread." So yes, cornbread is lame. old school. You just you just spoke you just spoke to my soul. <laughs> Um, favorite Bible verse? Ooh, that could be so many. I'll say um, for this moment that we're in is probably 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. And I've been carrying it for a while. Um, what basically says that we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Because the seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. And, you know, perfect for right now in <laughs> this pandemic. Totally. So, um, let's start with the WNBA. Would you have D or uh, Sue Bird? You said, would I have DT or Sue Bird? Yeah. DT. Sue Bird said the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. A lot of people have always chosen DT, but uh, she is, it's hard to comp- like compare anyone against DT, though, because yeah. she just. I, now, don't get me wrong, I love Sue. I'm yeah. a point guard, but yeah, it's gonna be DT for me. It's just the swag to the game. I mean, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, <clears throat> favorite moment from coaching thus far? Oh goodness, that's hard. I'll probably say though, um, 20, 2019, um, my young ladies were not even thought to come out of the district, even win games. We went a twenty game season. Um, went on the road. It was an away year for playoffs. <laughs> was scheduled to be beat by 25, one by eight, just amazing. And then came back, excuse me, in the regional finals. Um, we lost, but we played a team that had beat us by 30. 
in the regular season. Lost by six, was in some foul trouble, but by far my proudest moment because uh, it was just one of those those years where it's like, we're still going, you know, it's just it right away. We're not gonna talk about it, we're just gonna keep moving, you know, but all of those things you teach have come to fruition. So definitely my best moment. So uh, alongside of the coach, what is one of the favorite sports moments that you've seen? Say that one more time. Uh, one of the favorite sports moments that you have seen. Ooh, now that's hard because I'm old school. Um, honestly, I would probably say, and now I'm going to get these teams wrong, though, um, because, you know, in the in March Madness, it's always the underdogs. But I would never I think it was Arkansas. I'm not even going to get it wrong, guys. But it was years ago, and the team was down by, like, 12 with 48 seconds left. Um, we're going to have to go back and research these teams, y'all. Sorry for those listening on the podcast. But just sitting there on the couch and watching, it's like, yeah, this game's over, you know. And they came back and won, you know. And then, of course, because I didn't know the team names, I will have to glide this in there. Um, you know, when, of course, uh, De'Aaron Fox was still playing the Minnesota and Alabama game. Uh, and they were playing with three people. <laughs> I would probably say that. Looking for some Jordan in the old school, but I think. I like to go outside the box of what people don't say. That is a good choice. I forgot all about that game. <laughs> um, if you had a chance to take over organization, who do you choose? Yeesh. Um, <laughs> you took it there. Um, before Renee Montgomery uh, and, you know, the other partners took over the dream. I would definitely say them, but homegirl's doing her thing. Uh, I'd probably say the Dallas Wings. They're the ones kind of lacking right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this movement of moving forward, but Dallas Wings, I definitely would love to kind of get on top of that organization, um, bring them in the fold of what the true W is standing for right now. I like the choice. Yeah. yeah. Gonna say not a not a bad pick. Um, so that kind of wraps up our uh, the game portion um, of the podcast. Um, so it kind of brings everything to an end then today. Um, so for the people who are um, gonna be watching this on YouTube, we put it on there, and for um, the people listening on the, uh, on their uh, different platforms, where can they follow you at? For sure. So I'm on Facebook for my Facebookers, Chelsea F Muir. Um, that's also where we stream the live. Um, Bible studies uh, for the servant leader. I'm on Twitter. You can find me there majority of the time. Like I will get back to you quicker on Twitter than any other platform. I'm at the Chelsea F and I'm on Instagram, the servant leader coaches Bible study or chief Rand John. So I try my best to keep my eye on all of those. And then of course, download the podcast, the servant leader coaches Bible study on any podcast platform. Gotcha. We'll be sure to uh, follow along there too. And for those people that are listening and viewing us, um, you can find us at Caption the Game on Instagram. On Twitter, you can find us at CTG underscore podcast. And then on YouTube and Facebook, just you can search uh, Capturing the Game podcast there. Um, and we'd like to, again, Desmond, I'd like to, again, thank you, Chelsea, for um, joining us um, on this podcast today and just um, talking about the servant leader and um, basically your background uh, within your faith and uh, what has led you to where you're at right now. 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate, I appreciate your spirits. Um, love what you guys are doing and look forward to just connecting with you guys again.